Welcome to Mental Awareness Discussion, the MAD Podcast, with Miles Weber, Heather Weber, and Susan Thompson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the MAD Podcast, the Mental Awareness Discussion, brought to you by Broken Drift Productions and Banana Bros. Make sure you follow them at Broken Drift Productions and at AZ Banana Bros on all the social media for all the dope swag. I do have a Banana Bros shirt on. I cannot show you. Because there is a small leaky human that is strapped to me right now. For those of you who are listening, um, I am your host, Miles Weber. With me today is uh, our son, Robin Weber, who may or may not fuss throughout this podcast. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see if we can get through this. He's a big fan of being cuddled. So right now I got him wrapped on my chest. Um, And yeah. So we're going to see how this goes. With me, as always, my co-host on this podcast in life, Heather Weber, my wife. Hello, dear. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Awesome. Awesome. This is going to be like the ASMR episode. Just going to be me close to the mic, just being like, yeah, so this week we're going to be talking about this. And so. Don't whisper. Don't I know, give right? him that luxury. <laughs> uh, yeah. that's that's It's during the day. We're trying to be as loud as we possibly can with everything. And plus, like last night, we, were, uh, we went live with our friend, comedian, Amy Blackwell and uh, we were talking the wholeheartedly loud. Yeah, a lot louder than this. And he stayed asleep the whole time. So, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with this right now. Uh, and coming to us from Canada, our good friend and comedian, Susan Thompson. Susan, how you doing? I'm good. You guys are good, looks like. We're doing okay. And you are having a phenomenal hair day. Can we talk about that? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it looks great. I decided to do a thing feather. There you Absolutely. go. Absolutely. Absolutely. You yeah. did something. I just washed mine and I'm letting it be. <laughs> there you go. I normally I would have, but I was like, yeah, I need, I need a me day. I need to do something for me. There you go. Thank I you. like it. Yeah, it looks Thank good. You. Looks good. You're 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 a high fade away from being my twin. So yeah, this will I know, right? Yeah, I right? need to have it done next week, actually. Yeah, we can get you a high a high fade. I just got a new barber that I went to last week. I was very pleased. So yeah, this was down in where are you going? Down in, in Vegas. Vegas, yeah. Yeah, I, I had a guy who was cutting my hair for like a year and he was just a, he cut good hair, but just as a human, he bugged the living shit out of me. Um and that takes a lot. <laughs> yep. When you're um, sitting there for like 45 minutes, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, my time wasn't a thing. There was multiple times where, like, even the last time he texted me, he's like, "Hey, I'm running 15 minutes late," and I showed up 15 minutes late. And I was like, "That's fine." And then somebody was in the chair still, and then 45 minutes later, I was in the chair, and it's like, "All right, so this is like an hour block. I need to get a new barber," and I did. So yes, now that we've thoroughly pissed you. off people listening to the podcast by talking about how we look. <laughs> um, uh, everybody's hair looks great um, Robin's even looks great I promise you, you can't see it because it's wrapped right now but he does have a lot of hair um, right now it probably doesn't look too good but usually we style it pretty nicely but today we are uh, dedicating today's episode uh, to uh, uh, my new company that I started Green Room Talk so yeah, this has been a long time coming I started a life coaching company for I mean, it's for entertainers right now. Comics seem to be flocking to it. So right now, all of the clients I have are uh, comedians. So it's kind of starting off as life coaching and and writing for comedians. And hopefully it continues to branch out to all types of entertainers. So um, 
yeah, we kind of wanted to do an episode about this just to kind of, you know, the, the, the idea is, you know, this is kind of mental health uh, orientated green room talk was uh, the way it came about was during the pandemic it hit and very quickly entertainers were labeled as non-essential uh which hurts your soul when somebody tells you you're non-essential and i was like that doesn't seem right i feel like everybody's at home watching us right now which seems essential so like i mean is it non-essential enough for you to not subscribe to netflix anymore like how non-essential is your daily entertainment um and so yeah man just kind of watching comics and entertainers that i was friends with kind of fall apart and everything i was like man we should have somebody to like talk to and like game plan like where do we go from here what do we do where's the hope you know i mean like who's providing us with that they won't even give us health care you know we should at least have somebody to kind of talk to bounce ideas off of and heather was like why don't you just make that i'm like oh that sounds like a weird thing you want me to just like do it and she's like yeah just why don't you do it you know i mean nobody else seems to be taking the helm and wanting to help others so why don't you try and do it and i was like fine hell with it i will uh so i had the idea established and i did what most people do put it off for months <laughs> um was just kind of like oh yeah we'll see what happens and oh i'm busy and maybe i'll get around to it uh and then a friend of ours was just kind of like hey have you well actually it was our friend athena we did a we did a, we, who we had on to talk about spirituality and mental health i think that was episode 18. so check that one out if you haven't checked it out it's one of our favorite episodes very cool um, but we did a, uh, we did a tarot reading with her and she kind of called me out. She was like, Hey, is there like an idea you've been like sitting on for almost a year now that you haven't really done anything with? And I'm like, yeah, she's like, okay. Oh. Spirit's saying you're going to need to move your ass. Um, cause it's now or never with this idea. And it's very important that you do this. She's like, I can't tell you like why, but it's very important that you do this. And I was like, okay. So <laughs> um started the process of moving towards that you know we looked into life coach certifications because that was the thing we didn't want this to just be like something where it's just my big thing was like fighting the imposter syndrome with this right because i mean i've even had that question asked to me when i've been doing interviews which is like well who is miles weber to be a life coach to somebody and i'm like that's a really good question that i've asked myself daily and <laughs> let's see if i have a good answer um but yeah i mean i think uh you know i've accomplished a lot in the entertainment industry as far as comedy goes you know dedicated my entire 20s to just stand-up comedy stand-up comedy rinse, rinse wash repeat even when heather started dating me you've said this before where you were like yeah you didn't do anything else mm -hmm. but comedy yes. <laughs> yeah so, that's a fact that is a fact so yeah i i only did comedy like all other hobbies and uh things in my life kind of went down the wayside in my 20s dedicated to stand up and I was actually able to tour all across of uh the United States also toured all across Canada which is a lot of fun uh I've done corporates I've done colleges I've worked cruise ships so I've done every single type of comedy show that you could stake shake a stick at a hundred times at least um i've played in front of every single type of audience last year uh just found out that my dry bar special got rated uh number eight uh so that was pretty cool so i'm like all right you know i, I put out a special that people seem to enjoy i've done a lot i've traveled a lot i know a lot of comics i feel like i know a thing or two about a thing or two but the big thing that was important with green room talk to me 
was uh, establishing a type of mental health adjacent safe space um, because there's a the big thing with life coaching is it's not therapy. That's the that's the thing. There is a difference between therapy and life coaching. So learning that was very important. So therapists usually kind of deal with the present to the past and they kind of make sure that everything is banging on all cylinders and you're healing trauma processing. How do we move forward? Um, life coaching is forward. So now to future, we're trying to work with that. So therapy is working on healing all the stuff that you've got going on that made you who you are today. And then life coaching is how do we take that and turn it into something that you can actually use to your advantage? And how do we move forward with your, how do we establish your best foot and then put that best foot forward? You know, what, where do we go from here? What are the ideas of creativity? And also, can we keep an eye on the rest of your life? Because that's another aspect of where I'm like, yeah, I feel like I've kind of got a clue in this area is so much of being an entertainer is kind of sacrificing your relationships on the altar of success. You know, if you we we've we've heard it a million times in this industry, you know, I mean, how many comics do we know who are on their third or fourth marriage because they were never there? How many comics sat me down and told me, don't do what I did, kid. You got a kid on the way. You better be there for that kid. And I'm like, done. All right. Perfect. And so that also just made me go, what are we doing here? And, you know, Heather and I have had our own situations where I was doing just that. I was doing so much comedy. I was working 45 plus weeks a year, which is too much. For those of you who don't know, there are 52 weeks in a calendar year. 45 is almost all of those weeks. And so I don't know if you've ever tried to have a relationship with an entertainer. Um, usually it, the, the MO we go through is like, well, where did you meet them? Is it at a show? When was the show? Saturday night? Okay. When do you think you go on dates? All righty. I'm glad we had this talk. So the allure of dating an entertainer, it's very bright and shiny. Like we totally get it. But you also have to understand that there's another woman in our lives. Her name is comedy or the entertainment industry, and she's a whore. Um, so that tends to be the hard balancing act. And so I was overworking myself too much. Heather also was working herself to the bone a lot. And we were just never really around each other. We didn't really have time for a relationship. And then the pandemic hit. That made us kind of stop and go, all right, well, what does it look like if we actually want to spend more time to each, with it, with each other? Because we actually like each other. That's the thing. But some relationships, you know, couples, like they love each other. They don't necessarily like each other. We love each other and we like each other, actually. So the pandemic was kind of like our first honeymoon period that we had ever had in our relationship. And we're like, all right, we need to kind of reevaluate things. So the idea became, how do we still have a life that is within the entertainment industry? Because I mean, this is how I've built my empire and make my income. This is what I give to people is I can make people laugh and people will pay me for it. How do we do that, but also have a relationship that's healthy? And that kind of came the designer model for, all right, let's sit down, let's figure this out. This is what it looks like if we can swing this, this is what your schedule is like. So really it just kind of became like outlining and organizing what we want our future to look like and then moving towards it. So that aspect is the thing that I'm trying to really get through to comics and entertainers of what Green Room Talk, one of the main focuses is, is we want you to be able to 
put your best foot forward in your career and be able to make the strides that you want to make and accomplish the goals that you want to accomplish. We also would like it if you had a nice life too. Um, I would love it if we could coach certain entertainers and certain comics and help them live a life that is plentiful in as many gigs as they would desire, but also abundant in quality life experience that you could then turn into material later. You know, the best art that you're going to be able to make that people are going to relate to tends to be how your interpersonal relationships are with the people in your life. What's it like with your spouse? What's it like with your kids, your parents? You know, who are you to other people and how can that be relayed on stage in a funny manner that makes me go, hey, as an audience member, I relate to this person. I connect with this person. Having those experiences that are the everyday experiences that are literally the thing that make us happy in life, which is connecting with humans, so much of that gets sacrificed in the name of comedy, being on the road or you know, just an entertainer, being alone in a hotel on the road. That seems to be the MO, right? You do the show, everything's all like, oh my God, it's all about me and this is wonderful and I'm around all these people and then silence. So how do you deal with that? So those are really like the big things that, and the big reasons why I started Green Room Talk. I want to be able to help entertainers accomplish the goals that they want to accomplish in this industry in the best way possible, and maybe even reimagine them in a way that it can actually benefit more than just themselves or more than just like their circle. Maybe there's a way you can go about things where everybody gets a good piece of the pie and we're doing something good for everybody, not just for ourselves. Um, well, you're like almost completely covered. There we go. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so, so yeah, so that was a, a big thing is monitoring people's lives and the entertainers lives and how their interpersonal relationships are th make sure that they're also thriving as much as the career is. Cause already I've got a couple of clients who they've said that, yeah, they tend to have a hard time balancing doing shows, working and having a meaningful relationship. And so it's like, okay, we can go through these goals, but we always keep a little, you know, ear turned down on the page to be like, all right, have you scheduled time with your girlfriend as well? <laughs> like, does your wife know that you've made time for her on Monday night when you get back off the road? Like just taking little things like that to be able to check in and actually have a dialogue and an open form of communication with the people that are in your life who are supporting you, you know, I mean, cause the best Heather has been my biggest cheerleader my entire career. This whole time, she helps me write. She's been nothing but supportive and nothing but my biggest cheerleader. And that's a wonderful thing to have. And I appreciate that. The least I can do is make time for her, hold space for her. And a lot of entertainers don't even understand. When you say that to them, they're like, uh, hold space? Like, like the moon? No, not outer space. Like, can you hold space for the person that you're with and actually like, hey, let's spend time together. Let's do things. Let's have experiences. Let's do new things together because that's the whole point of relationship. So being able to help uh, entertainers with uh, their goals while also making sure that their life doesn't fall apart around them in the name of those goals. That's a big thing for me. And also the writing side of things has been a big thing for us as well, because I really love joke writing. I love writing jokes. I love giving comics tags. I love teaching comics as much of the writing process as I know so that that way they could take it and do their own jokes. And I think I've always said it is within the best interests of every entertainer that we are making the best art possible 
for the audience. Because every time you do a show, no matter what it is, it could be someone's first show seeing you and it could be someone's last show seeing you. The quality of the art has to be up there. You know, we got to make sure that we're making good stuff that people are going to keep on coming back to because we kind of, we represent entertainment as a whole. So when you're banging on all cylinders off stage, you're putting in the work and you're, you've got a good product that you're putting out and you're making good art on stage. People are going to go, Oh yeah, no, I'll definitely go back and see a comedy show. I'll definitely go back and see that band or whoever it was. They had a good experience. They might tell some people, but if people have a bad experience, they're probably going to tell everyone that had a bad experience because it's go go on Yelp, just people bitching to the high heavens. So yeah, and man. I think, I think that's a big issue in the industry is there's so much, everybody's viewing each other as competition and mm. not just being on the same team. It's not us versus them in this industry. And that's the biggest thing. It's like everything in life has become a competition, especially in America. Everything's a competition always, even at work. You know, you wake up and you're constantly competing for all this attention and work and all this stuff. Um, so yeah, it's not a competition. Like there's enough for all of us. It's not, you know, who, that's where you see like insecurity, right? That starts to kind of run amok in our industry. You know, especially in comedy or you'll see like headliners who will try and tell you like, well, you know, don't do impressions. That's kind of my thing. Don't do crowd work because I want to do crowd work and don't. So just you're insecure because you don't think you're good at this. So now you've got a handicap mindset, you know, and that's this us versus them mentality. It's like, homie, why don't you want me to succeed as much as I want you to succeed? I just want the show to be good. You're making this about you. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about us and the people who came to the show. Like if just you and I, Susan, show up to a comedy venue, uh, we can't do a show. There needs to be people. So yeah. an audience is probably one of the most important aspects of being a performance artist or an entertainer. You need the people. So and I know too many bookers and managers and, and club owners and things like that who think, that they do it for their, they're trying to make money. They're doing all these things, just very selfish interests. And it's like, at the end of the day, your top priority needs to be, did these people have the best possible time they possibly could have? Did I do my best? Did I leave it all out on the stage tonight? That needs to be what the focus is. So can we find a way to just all collectively put our swords down and stop trying to compete with each other and help each other? You know, how can we help uplift each other? And, and, and that's another thing is I want Green Room Talk to be something that expands into a community of artists helping each other and giving each other positive feedback and showing each other a, a possible path. You know, there's a billion ways to accomplish the goals you want to accomplish in this industry. There's a billion ways to the top. It doesn't just have to be through the front door. You can totally break in through the side of the building. Like there are so many ways to get into the entertainment industry. It doesn't just have to be that one track mindedness of it. So, yeah, that's really what we're all trying to do here. All encompassing, helping folks accomplish your goals, set smart goals, set action plans, make things happen, work on healing um, the trauma that you've had your whole life as an entertainer, because they've got studies that show statistically, if you're an entertainer, you probably went through some shit. You know, there uh, I know Halle Berry had a very abusive and traumatizing childhood growing up. A whole cavalcade of other actors also had a hard time. Robin Williams, Robin Williams, his parents were actually very well off. They were very wealthy, but they weren't there ever. So he got raised by the help 
And so he was just alone in this big mansion all day and he would do characters to entertain himself. He would do characters just to have somebody to talk to because he wasn't being raised. And that was a very traumatic thing for him. And then his mom would tell him like she would like give him things for being funny. Like if you were a smart ass, that's how you survived in his family. And his mom was very much of the, the subscription that you had to be funny to show your value in the family. You had to be quick witted and sharp to show your value in the family. And I've heard that story a lot and also lived that where that was kind of like my family. Like if you weren't a certain way, then you weren't pulling your weight in the family. The family kind of went, meh, you're not good enough. Um, so yeah, that in and of itself could be a traumatic thing. So there are so many studies that they're doing now where, uh, you know, people who have been through some type of trauma in their life, whether it's childhood or later in life, it ends up making them a funnier person or it ends up making them a more creative person because they can actually channel that creativity. They can focus more than a typical person who hasn't been through a lot of trauma because going through trauma and being able to survive it, you have to be able to focus your attention on anything else other than the trauma that's being done to you. And so creatives tend to be able to focus on, oh, I'm going to create this thing. I'm going to make this thing. And my folk, my hyper focus on making this thing for other people is going to be able to drag me through this terrible thing that happened to me. And mm -hmm. I know a lot of comics who kind of wear it as a badge of honor that they've been through so much stuff and they think they won't be funny if they heal. And I'm here to say you can heal and still be funny. You know, uh, myself and a few other people that we know in the entertainment industry who have like done years of therapy and working on themselves. And I can say, at least for me, I've done a lot of work on myself and I feel way funnier now than when I was going through all the wild shit that I went through. You know, yeah. I, I feel like I've definitely made strides to be a healthier person off stage, And that has translated into a better product and better art that is more meaningful, that connects to people on stage. Mm -hmm. So that's my thing is I'm trying to get artists to realize like, Hey, you don't have to just be a broken toy. We don't have to just hang out here in Sid's room for the rest of our life. We can totally get to Andy's and I'll show you a million different ways to get to Andy's. Well, there's people don't realize there's also the trickle down effect. Cause I know just this week I've read two articles of celebrities whose kids committed suicide and it's just like they weren't even necessarily in the spotlight major majorly, but their parents were and their parents weren't taking care of themselves. So it's it's a trickle down where just because it's not just because you don't feel like it's affecting you doesn't mean it's not affecting the people around you, too. Facts. Facts. Yeah, I saw that as well. There was some tragedies with some some kids of entertainers and, and very established entertainers at that. So it's like, yeah, man, like you don't understand how we, we, we are only now beginning to understand how crucial it is uh, that parent child bond and like being an entertainer tends to put a damper on that bond. You know, it's it's it, it, it's I saw it when we had him, man. I mean, I know too many comics who are like, all right, kids out, but we got to make money. And so I'm gone again. And we don't think anything of it because we think, oh, well, they're just a baby. They're not going to remember. And it's like, yeah, but you're laying a foundation. This is like something that's going to be downloaded into their subconscious and they won't understand why they are a certain way later in life. And it's going to be like, oh, it's because of that thing when I was younger and I was a baby. And yeah, I couldn't remember, but it was still something I experienced. It was still something that affected me and that still affects your subconscious. So, yeah, being able to have those relate. We do so much for the kid. Right. But it all comes down to money. Well, I wanted to make sure that you had 
uh, everything I didn't have when a kid. Or we've seen that played out too, where you know the the well-off entertainer parent gives the kid everything and doesn't make him work for anything, and then that ends up making the kid have a rough life because they never really had to be challenged and they never really had to figure things out on their own. But I mean, comes from a good place. You have a dad who just wants the best for their kids who went through a lot that he doesn't want them to experience. So it's like, you get it, but you don't understand what you're doing until it's like, all right, it's too late. The trauma's done. Now let's figure out how to fix this. So yeah. How can we heal? (laughs) How can we heal? That's the biggest thing here. How can we heal and move forward and grow this all into something that we didn't even, our minds couldn't fathom when we felt so broken and underappreciated. But right now in this light, it's like, oh, you can see, all right, we can do this. We can do this. We can do this. This is going to be more meaningful to more people. This is going to reach more people. And I think that's the point, right? Exactly. Well, when you work in an industry, like if you want to be a doctor, there's a set protocol that you have to go through, like where you have to go to school, what you have to do in school, classes you've got to take. But when you go into something like entertainment, nobody really can give you any information as to what's going to happen when you get into it. Like even as a stand-up, like nobody knows what's, what's the difference between an open mic and a showcase and a performance night or a weekend or they don't have anything to draw from to figure that out. And I think for a lot of people, it's easier to try and knock the other guy down. Then it becomes a war of attrition. And then you're dealing with people that are exactly what you said. For, for some reason, entertainment seems to attract not necessarily like I, my mom was like, my mom calls me artistic, not bipolar, I always say. It, it, it attracts a different mind to think a very different way. And to try and put that focus into something. And then for anybody, for entertainers, and for comics, to even understand like there's more than just getting on a stage for a club. Like exactly like you said, there's so much more. There's cruise ships, there are colleges. Um, there's warm-up comics, there's writers, there's uh, producers, uh, showrunners, bookers. Like there's so many different aspects of the entertainment industry and comedy that people don't know anything about that once you've got somebody like yourself that's been in it for quite a period of time, it is nice to know that somebody's been through it, someone's been able to navigate it, and someone has some expertise that can kind of go, hey, why don't you try this? I've been through this. So yeah rather than trying to knock the other guy down you might be surprised how much power you get from numbers and from helping mm-hmm. each other out from networking mm-hmm. i've probably got more from networking uh in the last two three years than i have in the entire 10 years that i've been doing it and sometimes it takes exactly like a trauma to kind of go okay now i need to get to the next step mm-hmm. so well, it, i think it would be keep up yeah I was going to say, when I think like what you're saying with power and numbers, it also helps because a lot of comics don't know their worth, you know, on like yeah. for a corporate event. I don't, a lot of them don't know how much how much to ask for. So they'll just take the bare minimum and they're setting the bar so low yeah. that now comics aren't making their worst worth. So, yeah, I think there's also just the power and numbers and being able to talk to each other in that aspect, too. Yeah. And you said, too, like there is a trickle down effect to that because then everybody's so desperate for work. And especially right now, they're so desperate. They're willing to do it for whatever if they don't know their worth what they don't realize is exactly what heather's saying it does have a major trickle down effect that means for next time that maybe that's going to be less and less and less but if comics value what they're doing and what they are a little bit more they're not not all comics are a bunch of greasy burnouts that are just on the open mics that are drinking and smoking until four o'clock in the morning some of us actually want to do this for a living and there's 
it, it, it's a business. And I think comics need to understand it's a business, but with business comes business protocols, how to conduct yourself and self-help and pushing forward education. So when I look at something like Miles is doing, that's education. It's somebody else that's been in the trenches that knows exactly, or not exactly, but has an idea of what's going on that could it's very much center or make your focus more clear. You might be able to accomplish a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, and, and like you said, there is no like how to with stand. Ooh, hi, hi, I know, I know. Calm down, you'll calm down in a sec. There we go. There is no how to. You know, I mean, like there is no, like you said, you're a doctor, you go to school, you do this, you get this piece of paper. Now you can practice. You don't have that for entertainment. It's not a thing. So being able to go, this is what it is. Like you talked about, like, oh, these are the rates. This is what this is. I have a client who I've been working with for a few weeks now, and uh, she got approached by a venue. It was like a country club. And they're like, we want to do a comedy show. And she's like, I don't know. Okay. I mean, I don't know. Like, and she was just like, I don't know the first thing about like how to run a room. Like, I don't know, like how to pay. I don't know where to get these comments. So I was like, okay, here you go. If you want to do that, this is what you do. And I broke down to her everything. I broke down to her the nightly rates and why like certain nights of the week are going to be more expensive than other nights of the week. Uh, if you're a road comic and you're trying to like line things up, I told her about that. I told her about like working out deals with hotels to try and get better and entertainers working out deals with clubs try and get them in on a certain night of the week um so yeah i just she just took extensive notes and she's like by the end of it she's like oh i know i have confidence now like i i feel like i could talk to this venue and i actually like know a thing or two now and i actually have numbers like there's actual like data okay this is what's happening out there so yeah even being told something as simple as that you know, it's it's worth its weight in gold. And I've talked to comics who kind of poo-poo on stuff like this where they're like, oh, well, if you just keep doing comedy and hang out with the headliners, you'll find this information out for free. And it's like, yeah, man, but this is all encompassing. This is more than that. Like, this is also keeping an eye on your mental health. It's also keeping an eye on the relationships that you're experiencing. A headliner is not going to give a shit <laughs> about what's going on with your relationship and everything in the name of comedy. They're just going to be like, oh, yeah, do this. So, and that's it, you know, I mean, this is something where we're like keeping an eye on everything. We're able to monitor what's going on, make sure that you're okay, make sure that your life is okay, make sure that you're thriving, make sure you're going forward with the best foot forward, you know, and you can make these strides over the course of talking to headliners over the course of 10, 15, 20 years, or you, we can like really set goals and move your ass and we can start doing this now. This is what this looks like. All right. By the end of the month, we need to have this much new material. All right. By six months now, we need to have 25 minutes clean so you can do this thing that you want to do. I got comics that are working towards dry bar specials that we're trying to write with them and everything and trying to teach them their ways. So others want to do late night sets and everything. Some want to get into the cruise industry. So it's like there's there whatever avenue you're trying to get down, it's like, okay, this is what you want to do. This is what you want to do. This is what you want to do. And we're here to kind of like oversee that and go through things with a fine tooth comb and make sure that you're doing things at your own pace that you can actually do. Boom. It's amazing how much happier and more confident somebody is when you have a path in place rather than having to fake it till you make it. Um, mm. You've got a frame of reference and yeah, there's a confidence that you're getting on that cruise ship for the first time as an entertainer. One, they already hired you. Mm. You've already, that's the biggest part. They, they trust enough in your abilities. They've already hired you. Now you just got to deliver it and continue, continue to deliver it. So it's constantly working on yourself. But I think a lot of people, especially now, 
nobody wants to admit. I mean, as an adult, how many times are you told we're not allowed to make mistakes or when you make a mistake, we make fun of it or we put it on national television. Like human beings make mistakes. Yeah, all the time. It would all be, yeah, it, it would be nice to not constantly be reminded of the mistakes that we make. But yeah, learn from it, move on. I mean, we've all had shit gigs that we put together like, oh, right, I forgot that this venue may not have a mic or, oh, they don't have headlighter. Oh, they didn't, they didn't have, they, I didn't think to tell them we need petty cash so we can pay the other comics at the door. Like there's little things that can be taught to do something better. And biggest thing is, yeah, looking after yourself. I mean, uh, if you can't look after yourself, you're not going to look after your career or anybody else. It's not even possible. Um, I'm, I think I'm surprised that comics still shit on a lot of this. They shit on oppressionists or they shit on self-help, et cetera. And I think it's, it's a fear. It's if somebody else works on something, then it means that it becomes more competitive for them because they haven't knocked that person out, which is a lot of times they want to knock that one out. But it's pretty arrogant to think that thought's going to be yours. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to work for it. If you're competing with anybody besides yourself yesterday, you're doing this whole thing wrong. I don't care what your job is. I don't care what your life looks like. That's just life. The only person you should ever compete against, the only person you should ever be trying to knock off is you yesterday. Can I sit here and stand with confidence and go, I'm better than I was yesterday. I know more than I was yesterday. I'm a kinder person. I'm a funnier person. And I'm putting that work in. That's the only, if you're trying to bring others down to make yourself look big, get out of town. I don't have time for you. Absolutely not. So yeah, I think it's just a matter of like, well, you're, they're poo-pooing on this type of stuff because it's like, oh, well now if we're going to have like a, this new wave coming in of mentally healthy and strong artists well i'm not that so that means uh oh well what do i gotta do yeah you might have to get your shit together and if you got a lot of shit that you've been running from in the name of comedy or whatever art you're making um it's time for you to fix that it's time to look at that and how can we heal this because you're being malicious to other people unnecessarily and you're doing it to an extent that you don't even realize you're doing it so I think it's just like you said, the fear of, uh oh, the jig is up. And now I got to try and work on my shit. I got to work on my off stage. So many comics I know they're brilliant on stage. Couldn't recommend them for as long as I live because of their off stage. I had that conversation with a comic. I think it was actually at one of the festivals. He's like, well, you know, a lot of comics are really socially awkward off stage. And I was like, well, then they those comments need to be prepared that this may not be the industry for them because it's one thing you've got to you've got to go through all the other shit to get on the stage. Mm-hmm. So to I mean, even trying to tell comics at times, I'm like, you realize you're in sales. This is what are you talking? I'm like, well, you're a product, aren't you? Aren't, aren't you trying to sell the product? You're the product that we want. We want we want on stage. Mm-hmm. We want to see you. So how do you sell that in public? When it's going to come down to yeah, what are your goals? What are you working on business-wise? What are you, what's your personal image like? What are you engaging people? How are you engaging people when you're out in public? Because as an entertainer, 24-7, you are on. Same as a byproduct. So it's not necessarily everybody wants. It's a byproduct of doing well. So I, I, I think I struggle to understand why comics at times want to shit on somebody for trying to hustle and move forward 
Um, I watched, and it's funny because sometimes the most successful comics around, you've probably seen it a million times over too, that some of the most successful ones are like, well, they're not that good. No, but those comics know how to work on themselves and they knew how to work on the business of what they were doing to get ahead. And that's exactly what needed to be done in order for your job to continue to push forward. If you're not going to work on yourself, then you will continue to stay exactly where you are. Yeah. And yeah. A company like yours, like I've even learned, even from the sessions I've done with you when we do our podcast and stuff, some of the stuff that comes out of your mouth blows my mind that I wouldn't even thought of at times. I'm like, yeah, I never thought of that before. Because you've been around longer than I have, or you've been in a different market than I have. You do colleges and uh, cruise ships. It's not necessarily something we can do too much here. It's a little, it's a little bit less. I mean, I'm just getting into it. That means having to travel with the states, got a country of just over 30 million versus 200 million. But to me, it just makes sound business sense. Like you're already a friend of mine, but to sit down with you and talk about some of the stuff that you've gone through, that could benefit me in the long run. I don't understand why somebody wouldn't want to do that. I don't know. You know, it's just me. But I, I, I think Greenwood Talk is going to do really well. So, I mean, there's definitely people that I've already started to kind of say, hey, like, this might be something you might want to look at. Um, if you're trying to get to that next level, this might be exactly what, you're, what you need or what you're after, even if yeah. it's two, three sessions. Yeah. Yeah, because there's just too much. Uh, I see so many comics, especially in like every scene that I go to, I'll try and like sample the open mic scene. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like, what are you doing? Like, what's the plan? Like, what are we doing? And they're like, oh, oh no, we're going to do five minutes here and then five minutes across town. Then we're going to go to Denny's till four in the morning. I'm like, okay. And talk about what? Like, are you going to write? Are you going to review the sets that you just did? Are you going to take notes on it? How invested are you all in each other's success? Are you just jerking each other off? Like, I just, I don't understand for the life of me. Like, I mean, I'm all for like, you know, having a hobby and everything. Comedy is a weird hobby to have. Like, I mean, <laughs> so it's kind of an industry that's like, hey man, you might want to get rocking and rolling with things here. Yeah, yeah. So... So you're starting to pick up clients and stuff, or are you starting yeah, to Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got clients up? already, okay. so we're, we're moving and grooving. So we did our soft launch, so we've already got a, a handful of clients. We're trying to expand and get more. Really, it's just going to be getting reviews up on the website, testimonials, people actually like moving and grooving and word of mouth when you see and our clients that are doing shit. And they're like, oh, how'd you do that? Yeah. And they're going to be like, and there's no room talk, it's man. all done by Zoom. All yeah, it's all Zoom. Zoom right? Yeah, there's no excuse. Yeah, this is virtual. It's all Zoom. So you don't even have, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, man, you, you do in your pajamas. No, you can hang out with no pants on chat with Miles. With I'm pants. saying, right? That's what we, That's how we do this podcast. No pants all the time. So um, this seat is really cold. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, man, I mean, it's, 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 I'm making it as easy as possible and as affordable as possible for comics. That's the other thing is I didn't want this to be something that it's comics. write off. Yeah. This is your career guys. You can write this off. Like, yeah, you can, when you do your taxes, you can write it off. Or if you're a person who's like, oh, well, I don't make enough money make doing my art to be able to claim it on taxes yet. Well, guess what? We can help you do get to a point where you're making enough money as an entertainer making your art that oh now we can deal with taxes and how do you deal with that that's another thing you got to deal with as an entertainer especially just touring you get paid from different states you got to figure out how to process the taxes in that state homie like you got to have a certain type of 
person doing your taxes that knows how to do it as an entertainer. So all this stuff, it's like, there's so much that isn't being established. And since this is like one-on-one we're working on, this isn't like a group thing, you know, where you can get lost in the shuffle. This is like us and you, and we're working on expansive stuff with green room talk too, for different programs. You know, we got the, the, the coaching, we've got the writing sessions. We're getting ready to get a, a health and nutrition program in there. If you're trying to, you know, work on, the offstage part of your life getting healthy we're gonna have heather working with people in that respect uh and then i got uh our friend uh greg barrett who we had on the podcast greg barrett who wrote uh he's just not that into you um he's just started doing relationship coaching so i'm gonna reach out to him to see if he's interested in uh you know doing relationship coaching through green room talk as well so that way it's like all right what do you what part of your life do you need to find better balance in to coincide with the art you're making as a career and we can help you with that area of your life so that way you could focus on all right my relationships are suffering but my career is thriving what do i do all right talk to greg we got you covered all right i could probably stand to get in better shape and understand how to not eat like an asshole on the road because that's a big thing heather's got you covered there she's been able to help me find ways to eat like a human being who gives a shit about his body on the road for years now. And that is a difficult thing to do in and of itself. So to be able to have those nutrition plans is worth its weight in gold too. So we're, we're trying to find ways to expand, but right now it's just going to be that slow build of, yeah, people did it. They found it to be helpful. Look at the results. The results speak for themselves. So boom, there we go. Any aspect or looking after any part of like personal image at all, or no, like coaching on like I I know it sounds so simple, like hey man, you're going to work and you're getting on stage, maybe put on a clean t-shirt. That's we we go over all of it. I've gone over with my clients. I've gone over uh, tapes, the etiquette for filming, so you can get booked. How often you do that what to do and what not to do. I'm talking about personal image, how you appeared on stage, the box that the audience is trying to put you in. How do you shatter that? So all of it, what's your social sending media avails, like? EPKs. EPKs, yeah, sending avails. When do you do that? How do you do that? How do you phrase an uh, email to get booked? What do you do when you send an EPK? How do you make an EPK? What does an EPK look like? You know, it's people comics don't even know what that is. And so, yeah, man, just, just all of these things we've gone over with people and they're like, fuck, okay, yeah, I had no idea. All right, well, now I feel like I'm better equipped going forward. I wish somebody would have told me that. And it's like, yeah, man, unless you're exclusively asking specific questions, the information just doesn't get shared to you. You know, we all had to figure it out on our own. So this is at least an avenue where it's like, hey, if you really are serious about trying to figure out how to optimize the art you're making and also turn the life you're living into a life worth telling people about and worth making that art for we got you covered we can make this happen and every single session i do with a client i leave that session feeling more confident in my ability as a coach to help people get where they want to go because at the end of the day i just want all of you to get the work you want to have and i want all of you to have a happy life that you enjoy you don't have to be a miserable suicidal starving artist for your whole life doesn't have to be that way. There are a bunch of different ways we can go, and I would gladly show you those ways. Boom, boom, boom. And mic drop, but he doesn't drop the mic because microphones are expensive, and you should never do that. Um, that being said, I'm going to try and put this toddler down. 
Um, but thank you, ladies, for letting me bend your ear about the new business adventure that we've gone on. And I hope that uh, any of you watching or listening, go to greenroomtalk.org. Greenroomtalk.org. Whole website's on there right now. If you want to sign up, you can check a look at our packages. The pricing and everything is on there. And we can get something scheduled and try and take your art to the next level. But more importantly, take your life to the next level. So that way, each can mirror the other and everybody wins. So... That being said, follow the podcast at Mad Podcast on Instagram. Follow me at Miles Weber Joker. We're also going to be having a Green Room Talk social media handle that's going to be coming up soon. So stay tuned for that. Follow uh, Susan at Susan Thompson Haha. And don't forget to follow at Broken Drift Productions and at AZ Banana Bros for all your cool content and your even cooler Banana Bros sag. Swag. Sag. Swag. All of it. I'm tired. <laughs> My name is Miles Weber. Thank you so much for watching and listening. We'll see you next time, everybody. Bye. Bye.